You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Good morning. It's good to be here with you today as we continue to make our way through the Easter season, this season of 50 days that lead us towards Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been following through John's gospel in the telling of the resurrection story. First, we heard the story of the women who find Jesus in the garden, these women whose witness has little to no value in the ancient world, yet they are the ones who are chosen by God to find the empty tomb and to announce the risen Christ. And then last week, we heard the story of Doubting Thomas, or maybe faithful Thomas, who needed to see for himself in order to believe. And so as we reach the end of John's gospel, Jesus has now appeared to the disciples twice. Once with Thomas present and once without. And now the disciples find themselves in familiar territory. They're fishing. They recognize Jesus on the beach, and Peter jumps into the water and swims to shore as Jesus prepares a meal around a fire, now the third time that Jesus has appeared. So let us hear the word of the Lord this morning from John's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which we would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the metropolis of Great Ayton, the village of about 5,000 people in Northeast England where I grew up, there is one elementary or primary school as we call it in that village and even to this day there is no bus service taking kids to or from school. Now, my house was about a mile. I Googled it to make sure I wasn't exaggerating. My house was about a mile away, and I still vaguely remember those days of walking to and from school, unless the weather was really bad. Even at that age, because nobody thought anything about doing such a thing, because everybody did it. 
I remember one particular day it was raining and I was wearing a huge coat that was way too big for me. It was probably handed down from my older brother. It was so big that when I turned my head to either side, the hood was covering most of my face and I really couldn't see much of anything, but at least it kept me dry. Now in front of the school there was a busy street because that's where the teachers and the staff would park, and there was a crossing guard, or a lollipop lady as we call them, to make sure that we got across the street safely and into the school. But on this particular day, I was clearly distracted by something, and I really couldn't see much on either side as I crossed the street. And so as I stepped out into the street, I knocked Mrs. Smith clear off of her bicycle. I remember watching almost in slow motion as she fell sideways onto the wet ground. Now thankfully she wasn't hurt, but she did give me that teacher stare as she dusted herself off. And I told her that I was sorry and we went on our way. Now every morning at primary school, we had an assembly in our gym where the students and teachers would gather for morning announcements and we would sing a couple of songs together. And so as we gathered and the announcements began, Mrs. Smith made her way up onto the stage and she began talking about how we should safely cross the road as we walked to school. Now, as most of us would do in a situation like this, I refused to make any eye contact, and I hoped that the moment would pass quickly. But then I heard it, my name, followed by the invitation to please stand up. And so in front of the entire school, I stood as Mrs. Smith told everybody what had happened. Exhibit A, standing before you. And I share that story because we all have a past. Be it traumatic events from long ago or maybe something that happened last week. Things that we're not proud of. Things we'd rather wish would just disappear. And as I read the story about Peter again this week, I spent some time trying to think about how Peter might have felt during this week between Jesus' death on the cross and then meeting him on the beach on this day. If you remember, at the Last Supper, Peter had listened to Jesus talk about humility and about betrayal and about giving up his life. Peter had made a bit of a spectacle of himself protesting about Jesus washing his feet. In Jesus' final hours, Peter found himself by a fire, denying that he even knew Jesus. Maybe Peter heard the mumblings in the streets as Jesus was held prisoner. Maybe he heard the crowds cry, crucify him, before Pilate. And then there was the cross. Did he see it? Did he hear it? And I wonder what Peter thought during this time. Would things be different if he hadn't have denied Jesus? Could he have stopped this? What about Mary? 
and John and the other disciples, what would they think of him? Can you imagine the guilt and the shame that Peter carried with him because now Jesus is gone. There's nothing he can do to remove this burden that he now carries. And so as many of us do in troubled times, Peter and the other disciples find a new normal. Sound familiar? They go back to what they know and they go fishing. And it's there that Jesus appears for the third time. Now Thomas needed to see Jesus for himself in order to proclaim my Lord and my God. Peter's wounds were much deeper. Peter needed a second chance. Peter needed redemption. And when he sees that it's Jesus on the beach, Peter launches himself almost naked into the water and swims to shore. He's only got one thing on his mind. The last time Peter was standing by a fire was when he had denied even knowing Jesus. And now here he is again with the risen Christ. Now what? Maybe it felt to him like one of those stand up before the whole school so we can make an example of you kind of moments. We almost anticipate Jesus scolding him as he had the Pharisees at times. Why, Peter? Where were you when I needed you the most? But no. Jesus looks at him and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, to really get at that question, we have to dig a little deeper to understand why Jesus is asking this question three times. Now, in the Greek, there are about six different variations of the word that we translate as love. There's agape love and there's phileo, if I can say it right, love being two of those variations. Agape love is the kind of love that God has. Phileo love is the kind of love you have like a brother or a sister. And there are many others. In John's gospel, the first time that Jesus asks this question, do you love me, he uses the word agape, godly love. And when Peter responds, yes, you know that I love you, he uses the variation phileo, brotherly love. So we might better hear this exchange, Peter, do you love me as God loves? And Peter says, I love you like a brother. Then feed my lambs. The second question is the same, Simon, son of John, do you love me as God loves? Agape. Yes, you know that I love you like a brother. Then tend my sheep. Now the third time Jesus asks, he uses Peter's version. Peter, do you love me like a brother? And it's in this question that Peter is hurt, or maybe more accurately, humbled. Because Jesus is teaching him that he is not called to simply love with a brotherly love. He is called to love as God has loved him. Then feed my sheep. Now beyond this play on words, it's not a coincidence that Jesus asks him the question three times. 
Three times Peter had denied knowing Jesus, and three times Peter needs to be redeemed. And Peter's restoration is not about condemnation or making an example, but about reminding Peter of the plan that Jesus had for him all along. If you love me, then take care of my people. Love them as I have loved you. In the story of Thomas, rather than labeling him as doubting Thomas, maybe it's simply the idea of a risen Christ that could pave the way to eternal life is too much to comprehend without seeing it for yourself. You know, maybe it's kind of like getting a text on a Monday evening that you have bats in your sanctuary. I mean, I know it's possible. And it's not that I'm calling you a liar, but i got to see that to believe it for myself. Could it be that Peter is so desperate for a second chance, an opportunity to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be restored by Christ? How many times have we fallen short? How many times have we not done the right thing? How many times have we done things that we are not proud of? And rather than wallow in our messed upness, Jesus invites us, as he invited Peter, into the love and the grace and the mercy of a Messiah that offers redemption. I am thankful that our past failures do not define us. May we receive this gift of grace that is offered. May we share it with others. And may we follow this command of Christ to love them as Christ has loved us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. God of grace and God of endless mercy, we give you thanks for this gift of grace, of mercy, of redemption, of restoration that you offer to each one of us. Oh, we all have a past, but yet you reach out to us in love. You offer us a second chance and a third and a fourth. You remind us of your great love for us that was demonstrated for us through Christ. And you call us to love in the same way. Help us even during these times to love as you have loved us, to offer redemption, to offer forgiveness, and to be people of grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.